Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. This is John Goldman, and we're on Radio Harbor Country. That's WRHC, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Very happy to uh, to announce that I'm going to be uh, sitting down with, uh, or uh, virtually, I'm going to be talking with Abe Partridge. Abe is a uh, singer-songwriter from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, he had his first album released in 2018. He's uh, on the way to releasing a brand new album. Um, looks like it's a live album from from uh, the UK. There's also an album that he released in 2020. It was a single in 2020. Um, but he's coming to the Acorn Theater. He's not only a... Uh, a singer-songwriter, but he's also a visual artist, and this is going to be during Art Attack, and so uh, you'll get to see his his uh, visual art as well, which is quite special. So I'm really looking forward to talking with him, and uh, you got to listen to this song. This is awesome. He's a big fan of Willie Nelson and uh, apparently had his own IRS troubles, as Willie Nelson did uh, early on or many years ago at this point. And uh, wrote a little song about it. And here we go. This will give you a real good taste of of, uh, Abe Partridge. I was born in Alabama Like old Susanna I had a banjo on my name I ain't got a lot of money but Lord I'm gonna make it so don't you worry about me cause I smoke them when I got them and I sing one when I need to and I try to remember all the words cause it's troubles and heartaches but life's still worth the living a song will make it easier So ride, Willie, ride And roll, Willie, roll The IRS will take your money But they can't take your soul Do you like my version Of red-headed stranger Is the guitar part all right? I don't sound as cool as Willie Nelson, but brother, I'm just as high. Cause I smoke them when I got them, and I sing one when I need to, and I try to remember all the words. Cause it's troubles and heartaches, but life's still worth the living, and a song will make it easier. This ride, Willie, ride Roll, Willie, roll The IRS will take your money But they can't take your soul I knew a girl named Gina She was from Westmobile Of South Alabama, hippie And when we were in school She drew psychedelic posters With Crayolas and Sharpies She'd smoke them when she had them And sang one when she needed to And tried to remember all the words Cause it's troubles and heartaches But life's still worth the living And a song makes it easier so ride, Willie, ride And roll, Willie, roll The IRS will take your money But they can't take your soul I never cared too much For bluegrass music Till I moved up to Tennessee And I learned to pick a banjo Three-finger style from a hillbilly who grew his own weed. And now I smoke them if I got them. And I sing one when I need to. And I try to remember. 
remember all the words Cause it's troubles and heartaches But life's still worth the living And a song makes it easier So ride Willie ride And roll Willie roll The IRS will take your money But they can't take your soul Yes, ride, will you ride? And roll, will you roll? The IRS will take your money, but they can't take your soul. Okay, buddy. Yeah. John Goldman here with Abe Partridge. Hi, Abe. How are you? Welcome to the show. Glad you can make it. Thank you for having me, buddy. All right. No problem. Uh, so uh, we, um, uh, I was just mentioning that uh, you are scheduled to play at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks on uh, April 29th, and you're doing a double bill with Steve Poltz. Um, have you ever uh, played with Steve Poltz before? Yeah. Have yeah, you? I've played. Uh, we, we've never done a co-bill like this, but yeah. we've, uh, I've played a number of festivals and stuff with him. Oh yeah, sounds great. And I, I know that um, your name got to us through uh, uh, Tom Abrahamson, who was the president of the Acorn Board, and he saw you at uh, that festival on 30A in um, it's near Destin, I know Destin, Florida, but it might just be considered outside yeah. of Destin. That sounds like it was a really fun uh, event, and uh, that's a cool little town there. Um, I think that's is that where they film like the. Yeah the Truman show or something like that, uh, um, with, uh, with Jim Carrey. Was that that, was that that site? Um, yeah. Seaside, Seaside. Yeah. It's down in, it's, yeah. Seaside, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah it's a, called the 38 songwriter festival and it's, uh, it's held up and down the, uh, 38. I believe that's a highway number. Oh yeah. So uh, it wasn't just in Seaside, but, yeah. uh, yeah, all up and down there. Well, that's a really beautiful part of the world. Yeah. That, uh, crystal white sand and the green water. And uh, I don't think too many people yeah. get there from here, from the Michigan area. But uh, I've been there a bunch of times. It's really beautiful. And what a coincidence that, uh, that yeah. uh, Tom, Tom met you there. And uh, now we're going to have the delight of having you come with your artwork uh, to Three Oaks, Michigan. Um, I got a lot of questions for you, by the way. Uh, so I understand. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I've been, you know, become a big fan of your music. By the way, uh, we just played that "Ride Willie Ride" song, and uh, um, you know, clearly, it's it, we can see where where that inspiration comes from. But uh, so you you've got uh, Willie in your blood. It sounds like I mean, you know, you, you really uh, captured that essence uh, uh, with that song. Is is that um, is that the kind of music that you listened to growing up or, you know, how, how did, what kind of things were you listening to when you were, um, you know, growing up and learning how to play and that kind of thing? Well, when I was a kid, I listened to rock and roll music primarily. Uh huh. And, uh, my dad, my dad listened to rock and roll and I listened to rock and roll. And, uh, then whenever I, uh, got a little bit older, uh, I was about 17 or so. I turned to a fundamentalist Christianity, and uh, they didn't like rock and roll music so good. And so uh, I had, I started playing. Uh, I started started listening to like bluegrass and old time music, old time country music. Uh huh. And uh, learned learned how to play. You know, learned how to play in the church and bluegrass gospel kind of thing oh okay so uh were yeah. you, did, had you already known how to play guitar before you uh got into that section of your life no no i started playing guitar uh, oh actually i picked up banjo first was my first instrument oh that's a tough banjo yeah that's a tough first instrument i would think yeah well you know I, that's what i was that's what I wanted to do when I was 18. I wanted to yeah. play with the 
I wanted to play with the older guys there, you know, at the church. And so I got a, got a banjo and started picking around. And then, uh, then I bought a guitar. Uh, but yeah, I was primarily playing, you know, bluegrass music and old time music back then. Right. Uh, so, um, you became a, a preacher at one point. Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah. From eighteen to twenty-seven, I was an independent fundamental Baptist preacher. All right, uh, and that uh, that lasted well, so till the age of twenty-seven, and uh, yeah, about nine years. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Well, so so what happened? You know, how <laughs> did you go from being a, a fundamentalist preacher to a rock star, basically? Oh well. I... I wouldn't call myself a rock star, but <laughs> no, I yeah, I, uh, well, I, was, I just, uh, I went down the road for nine years that I didn't really like too much. And then whenever I was, I was about 26, I realized I, I couldn't live that way anymore. And so, uh, I slowly, uh, began to unravel and, uh, through you know after after several years of just uh agony and that type of thing that's associated you know the type yeah. of depression and things that are associated with trying to be somebody you're not i finally just decided i wasn't going to do it anymore so i left the church and wow. left the ministry and i moved back to mobile and uh and i joined the military i was in the military uh, for several years active duty and uh-huh. then I uh, went over to you know went over to the desert in 2013 and 14 and whenever I came home I uh, I started playing the songs that I had been writing and uh, you know one thing led to another and then um, you know I start traveling around and playing and now I'm talking to you <laughs> <laughs> fast forward here we are yeah. Well, listen, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's a very intense, um, you know, transformation for anybody. And uh, you, you kind of went from, you know, one extreme to, uh, well, not another extreme, but you certainly, you know, had a um, lifestyle where um, everything was very restricted and you uh, you've obviously felt strong enough about that lifestyle to take it on in the first place and then to you know, to uh, get to that point in your life where, you know, you decided that there, the higher purpose isn't the higher purpose that you're working in right then and there. And, and you found a, found, listen, you found a way out of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty intense and it's going to knock anyone off their feet. Uh, and then to make the decision to go into, uh, was it the army or the Navy or military, the military anyway, the air, the air force, yeah. The air force, yeah. So, you know, that's uh, yeah. that's a huge step. Uh, so, you must <laughs> have that that transformation that uh, um, uh, that move from one thing to another must have inspired some some really intense feelings that that created that you know developed into songs. Do you did you put together any songs that uh, were kind of based on that period of time and that that feelings those feelings that you had to take you out of uh, the church and bring you to the army or uh, the air force? Yeah, I mean I've wrote lots of songs about about that kind of thing, you know, and uh, experiences that I that I had like that. Yeah, I've, I've uh, um. Were you writing I wrote, songs? I wrote a song called "Preaching, Pre- oh. Preaching the Blues." What's that? Uh, I was going to ask if you had been had written any songs before you became a preacher. No, no. I started writing and I started painting at the same time, and that was uh, toward the end of two thousand seven, uh, the beginning of two thousand eight. That's whenever I was. Uh, uh, well, that's that's whenever I was kind of coming apart as a preacher. And that was my Mm -hmm. way to find solace within myself. Right. And, uh, I, I never wrote songs or painted or anything like that for other people. I never, that was never my intention. It was just to kind of get me through a time. I mean, I wrote songs 
from 2008 to 2015. It was, uh, it was 2015 before I played them from anybody. So I wrote songs for seven years without ever doing it publicly. And then I didn't show my first paint in 2018, so I painted for over a decade before ever showing anybody. Wow. You know? what, what was holding you back? <clears throat> Just the, the structure that you were within? It, wasn't, it wouldn't have accepted that kind of art? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely, they would yeah. not. Yeah, independent fundamental Baptists aren't really people known for art, <laughs> uh, and neither are uh, neither is the military. You know, so right. the communities. <clears throat> I was part of communities of Baptists and, and and military folk, and so you know, they always thought I was very strange. So were they aware that you were um, writing songs and creating uh, visual art at that time? The church, no. I mean, I I Mm -hmm. left shortly. I mean, yeah, the writing songs and and painting pictures was not something I ever did within the the church. I mean, the the kind of church that I was in, you know, it would... uh, Songs that, that were secular in nature were you know, they were evil. So, um, I would never have shared that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, I mean, there was just a handful of people that was aware of my, my writing songs and it was, it was just family and some close friends, but, uh, and you know, my paintings and all that, my, nobody ever, really knew about them I, I kept them hid my wife wouldn't allow me to hang my paintings up in our own house because she was afraid they were going to scare people you know oh sure yeah so, so was she uh yeah i, I just uh, was she happy with mm-hmm. your decision uh to leave the the church as well yes over time you know we, we we've been on a journey together that's great. We've yeah. been uh, it's good to have a partner. Yeah, we married in, yeah, we married in Bible college. I, right the day after I graduated Bible school, I married her, and we've been together now something like nineteen years or something like that. And congratulations, yeah, we've, we've been through this whole thing together. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, well, let's let's talk about your your music and your art. Um, you know, first of all, yeah. your, your visual art is uh, quite remarkable, and it's uh, gotten all kinds of accolades, and I'm really excited to have you displaying it uh, at the theater, you know, yeah. during that long weekend there. Um, you must uh, you must have to have a pretty good size vehicle to, to carry all the artwork with you. Well, uh, I, I was... I, uh, I lost my vehicle a couple of days ago. So oh yeah, you were I'm telling actually going to go get a rental. Yeah, I'm going to get a rental car here uh, and uh, start headed headed up you, y'all's way uh, in an SUV. But yeah, you know we got. Uh, I, I can I can fit it all in an SUV. You know we just got to we lay the seats back and fill it up. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, ever take any art classes? You know, how did how did your art um, uh, your art career begin? I mean, I know that you were you know painting to yeah. uh, uh, to uh, express yourself of uh, when you, when you really didn't feel that you had a, a any other way to express yourself. How did it go from you know doing those kinds of things to becoming a um, you know something that you showed other people and displayed and and sold your work? Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I never took no art school other than maybe, I, I think I was in the third grade and once a month they'd have this lady come in and pass paint out. <laughs> that counts. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about all we've ever, that's about all I ever had as far as art school goes. And I, you know, I never really, I drew pictures and stuff when I was a kid, but I, I didn't, uh, think. You know, I didn't take it seriously or nothing, but uh, what happened was, is like I said, I was preaching, and uh, I was up in this place called Middlesboro, Kentucky, which is just a large hole in the ground. They say it's a meteorite crater, but it feels like a prison. Wow. And I was sitting there, and uh, I began to paint because, 
well, I just began to paint to try to find some kind of peace, you know, within my own heart. I was, I was, I was going through a lot of. I mean, maybe somebody would call it depression or whatever. I don't know what you would call it, but I just started painting to make myself feel better, and then uh, I moved, you know, moved back home and I, and uh, to Mobile. I moved in at my mom's house and and I, you know, tried to start finding. Uh, employment and everything right uh that for a few months before i joined the military well we went down and we saw a, a gallery and i saw some paintings which i i believe to have been on tar paper but i recognized the tar paper because i had um you know i i and i well, I had worked as a roofer during some of, some of the times of my back when I was in college, and uh-huh. so I had I was familiar with the texture that tar makes, and so I went and bought roofing tar at Home Depot, and I started painting at uh, 2008 in my mom's garage. I started painting with tar, and you know, of course, uh, I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I still don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just do what I do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now people have, you know, some folks have called it unique, but all I was doing was, uh, I mean, looking back on it now, I was just taking things that I was familiar with and trying to express myself with them. And then, uh, and I did, and I, and I enjoyed doing it. And then my music, uh, started getting to where it was, um, kind of getting out into the world. And so this record label, asked me if I wanted to uh, put out a record, you know, and so I said, of course. So I put out this record in 2018. Well, when I did that, they hired me a publicist and a manager, and they came to my home in Mobile, and they said, uh, you know, as they we were talking about how um, we were going to un- release my record in 2018, and when they were leaving, they, I had one painting hanging in my house that I had made, and they said, oh, we like this. And and uh, they were really the first people that ever said they liked my, like, liked my paints. And, I, and they said, well, who did this? And I said, I did it. And they said, well, do you, do you paint? And I said, I paint a little bit. And I went to the closet and pulled out like 60 paintings or something, and I, I set them all there, and they flipped through them, and they booked me an art show. Oh, the and same people I had that my first art show. That's terrific. So the same people that were uh, doing the publicity for your music um, helped you with your art display as well. Helped me with my very first art show, mm-hmm. yes, sir. And so, yeah, in February of 2018, I I had my first art show, and I sold about every piece I had, just about. And then, so I've just been painting ever since, man. That's that's amazing. Do. Uh, Yes, it's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe it happened sometimes. Was this something that you uh, had, you know, wished for, or has it just, you know, pulled you through? You know what I mean? Like, uh, is this like a a goal that you yeah, had made I never for yourself? imagined. I, I I never imagined in all of my life that I would be talking to somebody from Michigan. Uh, in advance of a show that I was going to be playing at a theater up there. I, I, I never imagined that I would be doing this, and I didn't set out I didn't set out to do this. It just kind of all, you know, this is just where it all led. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I always wrote songs for, I wrote songs and I painted for myself, and I still try to do that. I still try to primarily just write songs and paint for myself. I don't you know, occasionally I'll paint a commission piece of paint of art or something, but I still just try to create for myself, and I believe that keeps it uh, more honest. For sure, that's and, uh, the authenticity. You know, at least, at least, at least, at least, yes, authentic, authentic, the way I like it. Yeah. So, and, uh, how, what was yeah, it like all when of you? This just came about. What was it like when you first started uh, playing? You know, for other people. And uh, how did that happen? You know, was it did it start with your family, and then you, you know, played at a coffee shop? You know, what what yeah. uh, was the transition of that? I was in the I was in the desert in 2013 and 14. I spent all the holidays over there. My wife was pregnant with our third son when I left, 
and I was looking out across the uh, desert, you know, from the flight line from where I worked, and it occurred to me that all I'd ever done with my life was bring violence and negativity in the world. Hmm. Like negativity to the type of preaching that I've done and violence, because that is what the military does. Yeah. And uh, I had been writing songs, but, you know, by 2014, I had been writing songs and I had been painting. And it occurred to me that I should probably try to do it publicly when I got home and uh, to try to put something of beauty into the world instead of just bringing, you know, violence into the world. And so I did. And so I came home and I found that there was a songwriting contest that was going to be occurring down in Gulf Shores, Alabama, which I live about an hour from there. And so I applied to the songwriting contest and, you know, to my surprise, they allowed me to even come and be a participant. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I mean, the way I, the way I applied was I put a cell phone next to my guitar me and I sat down and I recorded a, a couple of songs and I couldn't believe that was good enough to get me in and I went and played and you know the night I won I ended up winning and I had like 200 people in there and it was like a standing ovation and I just was spellbound by the whole thing you know that is amazing so the very first time that you performed in front of people it was that singer-songwriter competition and you ended up winning it that's that's quite a, a feat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was uh, there. What they had done is they had divided the competition up until five nights of ten songwriters, and so the night the night I performed, I won that that thing of ten. Uh, I, I was I won, and I had to go back, and I, I did not win the the whole entire thing in final, but. Yeah, the night, the first time I ever played, I won that little, that first round. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was something else. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a little miracle, I guess. I I also met there that night, uh, I met another songwriter there that night named Sean Byrne out of Nashville, Tennessee, who, uh, within two months of playing that show, I was in Nashville recording a record with him and uh he's recorded everything and produced everything i've ever worked on since so do you uh do you play with crazy how yeah happened. that sure is i mean that's it was like it was just waiting for you to arrive i mean you had been kind of doing all this stuff by yourself and and creating all this this music and art and just you know keeping it to your to your chest and uh and then the the one time you get out there to play it develops into uh a whole uh recording career and a music career along with an art career too that's uh that's quite the story Abe I got to say and uh, by the way everybody listening I'm talking to Abe Partridge uh he's uh, a musician a singer songwriter from Mobile Alabama and he's going to be at the Acorn Theater on April 29th uh so going from that event, uh, did you do any more, you know, pl- uh, playing in public or did you then focus a lot on, on playing, you know, in a recording studio and having it recorded and put on, uh, put on the albums and stuff? No, I just, uh, after that, it led to opportunities to perform live. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I, I started performing live a lot. We have a little, we have a listening room down here, Mobile, and uh, I was I started playing monthly gigs there, and uh, slowly I began to build a a local kind of following. You know, people that are into what I do, uh-huh. you know, following I guess, and then and then I you know which led to me starting to play more. Uh, shows you know out of town, and then next thing you know I was playing them you know, far piece out of town. And, you know, then I got to, then I got that record album put out. And then when that happened, it really kind of took my career to a whole nother level. And I started going to Europe and then I quit my job and I just, you know, just kind of been chasing the old dream, man. <laughs> so you had a, a job after the army and before uh, you went full time into music. 
was uh was it part- I was actually I was working uh, yeah up until March of 2019 I was working full time for the Air Force as a civilian. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that's a good transition from going into the Air Force. Did uh and you did that in Alabama in Mobile? Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi. Oh, I got you. Uh-huh. Uh Biloxi, I've, Mississippi, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've been to Mobile, Alabama. That's um, along 65, and then that's right where it breaks off into that um, smaller road that takes you all the way to to um, the Florida Gulf Coast. Am I right about that? Is that is that Mobile? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 65 will run from Chicago to Mobile, and then it and it empties out into I-10 that runs from Florida to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Beautiful ride there from, you know, you come into town, you get off the highway, and you go through a little bit of neighborhoods, and then all of a sudden you're on this just, well, it starts out at a two-lane road, and then it, you know, twists and turns, and it's like four hours of uh, um, side roads all the way to, to Destin, Florida. But it's beautiful drive, and it's yeah. such a great transition to, you know, from cold weather to uh, the warm weather of, of uh, northern Florida. And that's right where you are. Wow. Yeah. Or where you where you you're there yeah. now though, right? In Mobile. Uh yeah, I am. I'm actually I'm I'm, I'm at home for th- uh well, I was going to be home for 3 days, and I'm going to be home for 2 days. And so today and tomorrow and then I'm leaving Thursday out to eventually work my way up to y'all. Yeah, yeah, it looks like I saw your tour schedule. It looks like you've got a lot of stuff coming up. That looks like a lot of fun. Uh, are you going to be displaying your um, your visual art in any of these other pl- locations, or just all for us in Three Oaks? Uh, well, no, I, I pretty much set up a little bit of art everywhere I go. Yeah. So when I when I play shows, I set up I set up art. You know, I don't uh, small smaller pieces generally with uh, with my records and my shirts and all my other kind of merch. You know, my merch table or whatever. Yeah. But, now we'll we'll have plenty of big, you know. I'll, I'll be riding with some big pieces though this time, bigger pieces to put there at, at oh, the great. Art Attack, and uh, yeah, it sounds but, yeah, good. Yeah, we're gonna we'll have we'll have plenty. I'll be I'll be traveling with plenty of it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your um, uh, the albums that you came out with. So. The, you talk about going into the studio with Sean as like you know the next thing that uh, happened. Is that um, is, are those the recordings that became Cotton Fields and um, oh, just, what's the rest and of Blood for Days and, and Blood for Days? Is that uh, um, yeah? So those are the recordings that became that that album. That's great. And so you have since issued uh, I think another album in uh, 2020. Um, well, let's see. No, it looks like a, a single in 2020. The the single "Dumb." Yes. Uh huh. Okay. That's just a Nirvana cover. Yeah, that was something I put out in the middle of the pandemic, just to kind of, uh, you know, put a partridge on people's streaming platforms again. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you've got yeah. this um, the live in the UK album agony's all right that came out uh i think in um 2021 um yeah back in november yeah and it looks like it was um from different locations in uh, the uk correct yeah, yeah from yeah. Two, a 2019 tour yeah that was oh, the gotcha. tour i did over there in 2019 yes sir so uh, that, how, how was that? I mean, you know, you, you had you, well, I guess you'd been overseas um, with the Air Force, but, you know, how was that to perform in front of people that maybe didn't even necessarily speak English? Were they able to? Uh, well, the- you know, uh, and yeah, the that, that particular album was all recorded in the UK, so that they one, all spoke yeah. English, but I, and in 2018, I uh, went over there originally, uh, in November of 2018, and I was touring the Netherlands and Belgium, where they they speak kind of Dutch. speak English. Yeah, they speak uh, Dutch, but a lot of them speak yeah. English too. Yeah, they yeah they they're most yeah most of all of them are multilingual. 
And uh, so I I played over there, and when I was playing over there, I was playing at this show in a, in a, in a city in the Netherlands. I can't remember what city it was, but after the uh, after the show was over, uh, I ended up going hang out at this pub uh, with with the other artists that that uh, I opened for. And as we were and then as we were sitting there, the other the other artist's name was uh, Jared Dickinson, who's a great songwriter out of Nashville. Uh-huh. And uh, well, whenever we went over there, he had a piano player with him, and the piano player was sitting down, you know, in the pub, and so. Me and him started talking. He was an English fella, you know, and uh, we started talking, and and uh, anyway, we hit it off, you know. You, you, some people you just connect with immediately, and he was one of those guys. And he said, "Hey, I want you to come play my tour, my next tour in the UK." So I went over to the UK with him in 2019, and we went from the bottom to the top of. Britain and went over to Ireland, went all around Ireland too. So it was a it was a whole lot of fun, man. That sounds like a, a real blast. I mean, you're what a different culture that is. You know, it's it's a it's an interesting place because it's uh, you know everyone's speaking English, but it's such a old time kind of culture. Uh, you know, the oldest buildings here are what two hundred, maybe three hundred years old. And the, the buildings there are yeah. 500 years old. You know, people are living in houses that are uh, 500 yeah. years old. And uh, it's just a, a different way of life. And uh, uh, But but the fact that you and um, your friend from uh, uh, were able to, um, you know, get people interested in your music like that and and uh, be able to, you know, enjoy coming to see you, that that's quite a feat there. Did... Uh, yeah. Did so in doing all this traveling, I mean, do you have uh fans around the country who are aware of your music and you know show up at at events know already knowing who you are or is it the kind of thing where they, you know, maybe you're opening for someone that they already know about or you know um do you do you ever do you ever sit down and and talk to some of the fans that come and see you and and get a better sense of of uh, how they got there or why they got to your shows? Yeah, I mean, most of the, you know, it depends on where I'm at. Like when I was in the UK in 2019, I don't think my, there might have been four or five people that came to those shows that were already knew what was, you know, that right. was already aware of what I was doing. But yeah, I mean, it depends on where you go. Like if, if uh, I have a really great, following and you know and in, in the southeast pretty much is where my where my fans are you know yeah. going up from like Knox, knoxville to lexington and over to charleston west virginia that's a really strong place for me and out in texas i'm louisiana like north louisiana and south mississippi and Alabama and Florida and you know Atlanta area I do really good so you know I've been I've been working at this since 2016 I've been traveling but uh but so so largely in the in the you know in the southeast or uh that's where that's where I do really good and most you know I sell a lot of tickets when I play shows and then when I get out of that area you know I'm not I'm I'm not necessarily all that well known yet, uh, especially not you know Michigan. I've been to Michigan one other time. What part of Michigan? And, uh, I played in Ann Arbor. Oh, and, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, that's just down the yeah, road. A couple I played of in Ann Arbor. I want to say, yeah, I think it was like 2018. I played in Ann Arbor and I played a show in Chicago in 20 in 2018 as well. Yeah. Yeah, I had, a, had had an awesome time, but that was you know just a one time deal. Right, right. Um, what uh, it looks like um, the uh, artwork for your albums is uh, mostly your artwork. Am, am I right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh... yes. I did. I did. I uh, well, you know, most everything that you see is mine. The only one I did not do cotton fields and blood for days. I had. I mean, Chris Taylor out of San Antonio do that one. But that was before I was really, that was before I had began to 
show my artwork publicly when that whole thing was designed. Yeah, it sounds like that didn't even, it came around only at about that same time. So you weren't uh, actually um, painting to capture the full essence of an album at that point, probably. But Agony is no, all right. That I, I, wasn't, looks... I wasn't painting. Yeah, the Agony is all right is mine. Yeah, that's my painting. Is uh, that a self-portrait on that album cover? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's the intention there, yes, sir. So, um, back to your songs. I mean, um, I, I know that from your website, you know, you were early on influenced by Sunhouse and, uh, that, um, uh, just being exposed to that kind of music, you know, kind of activated your interest in writing songs. Um, yeah. do you, do you find yourself incorporating kind of a lot of the blues structure or the blues, um, you know, uh, song th- uh, themes in your uh, in your musical writing. Uh, I mean, kinda. You know, I mean, definitely. I would say uh, I would not call my music blues. Uh, no, no, you know, I. I uh, but but I mean, yeah, some of the probably themes from there, I do I do take from there. The reason I found Sun House so inspirational is because he's the only other artist that I've ever. And when I discovered it, I, I wasn't—I really wasn't doing any of this publicly. But he was an artist that was a Baptist preacher in his youth, and then turned to music and you know the blues later. Right. And as right. A, you know, I can. There's a lot of guys you know that that start out and you know as an artist and then become a preacher. But I don't know of anybody else who was a preacher who, who went on to become an artist. And so I found his story fascinating. And I also find the intensity and. Uh, spirit of the spirit of his his performances to be uh, extremely captivating and otherworldly. For and, sure. Uh, so I've, I've I've always yeah I've always had a great appreciation for him and his songs and uh, but I wouldn't call uh, I wouldn't think that my any of my music is really based on any uh, Sun House kind of thing. I, it's, I gotcha. it's more of an appreciation for the overall yeah the overall the overall person and who he was as an artist. Did you see his story as being an inspiration in terms of you know hey how do I get out of this this uh, situation that I'm in as a as a preacher? Yes. Yes, I actually read his biography, his his biography when I was in the desert, and that was part of the inspiration for me to come home and begin to do my own art as well. Oh wow! That's... Or at least publicly do my art as well. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Did you? So I know that um, you know you didn't really do any major performance, but did you like play for your buddies or anything in the Air Force or uh, or even your family? Before entering that singer songwriter competition, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I played, uh, yeah, I played, played occasionally for my wife and Air Force buddies and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, I would do that. I, I really wouldn't sing any of the songs I wrote, you know, so much because they were so intensely personal to me uh-huh. and uh, just covers. You, you would play other yeah, people's well, songs, yeah, like covers. I songs. would just pick. I just pick out oh, tunes, uh-huh. really. You know, mostly just pick out tunes and stuff, but. Uh, you know, occasionally I'd sing something that's funny or whatnot, but uh, I didn't. It's it's really a uh, it's a, it's a place of vulnerability to put yourself in front of other people singing singing songs. It definitely is, yeah. When you um, write songs, do you find that uh, the inspiration for the song or the song itself just comes to you, or or do you find yourself having to really work to to kind of dig it out and create it? Well, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know how to do all that. You know, I just kind of, I just, I just feel like uh, sometimes I feel like God gives me songs, and uh, yeah. Well, I don't really I'll tell you, how, I've, so, I've, I, I don't really know where they come from. I, I hear that all the time. You know, people. Uh, it, yeah. You know, the the uh the real writers, it's like it just it just comes and uh it's just channeled through them. Yeah. Kinda. And sounds like that's that's kinda Yeah, how I've you tried see it I've tried too. to you know, I've tried to sit down and force songs. 
I've tried to do that because, uh, you know, now that I um, make my livelihood as a songwriter, that I, I, I try to uh, produce them more frequently. But uh, I never really wrote one that I like that way. So, uh, right. I, you know, I just, I just kind of, I just kind of let them. You know, I just try to put myself in the right mindset to right. where. Just listen to where I, you know, it's like an antenna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Do you, um, do you find that, um, songs come to you when you're painting or, you know, what are the, what are the, what's the setting that makes it easiest for the songs to come to you? Well, uh, yeah, you know, when I'm being creative in other ways, a lot of times it does and. You know, I just try to listen whenever I'm living my day-to-day life. Just try to listen out in the world. And, uh, you know, when you listen, you hear stuff a lot. And you hear somebody say something or whatever. and You'll get uh, get get inspiration from that. What's, um... But, uh, I'm looking on your website. There's a, the Alabama Astronaut Art Club. What What is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, the Alabama Astronaut Art Club is is, uh, is is the means by which I support myself at this point in my life, uh, when, or at least after the pandemic. One minute. Sure. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so whenever the pandemic came, um, you know, I primarily supported myself as a, as a songwriter. You know, at shows, I would be. I supported my family by playing shows. Well, then, and selling art occasionally, you know. But it was primarily music. Well, then, when the when the pandemic came, I had to uh, I had to figure out something another because you couldn't play no shows. So what we did is we started the Alabama Astronaut Art Club, and that kindly uh, that that became. We we limit it to a hundred members. People pay me twenty nine dollars a month. I spend I, I paint a painting every month for those members of that of the art club. Oh wow! And cool. I make a hundred. Yeah, I make prints for them. So I make uh, I make limited and signed prints for every member of the art club for month to month. And uh, so that was how we sustained ourselves after. Uh, you know, after the pandemic came and all yeah, that, yeah. And, and through the pandemic, and we still do it to this day. Yeah, right. It's like uh, uh, annuity almost, and and it's just building this uh, fan base for you. Do you have a lot of um, um, uh, of your visual art fans who are also your um, music fans as well? Oh yeah, most, you know, most people, most people are are both. You know. I mean, I'm sure there probably are people that like my art and hate my music, or or vice versa. But I, I think most people, if if they're weird enough to like one of them, they're probably weird enough to like the other. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Do you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so when you're coming to the Acorn on the 29th, are you going to have uh, anybody else with you, percussionist or uh, bass player, or um, just purely yeah, solo? I got yeah? it. Oh, I okay. Got a, yeah, yeah, I do. I got a uh, I got a buddy of mine named Quint Lewis, and uh, he's been on the road with me uh, since last month. He's gonna be playing the bass fiddle with me on uh, upright bass, you know, on the uh, on the show. He's he's gonna be playing all these shows with me. Oh man, I love an upright bass. That's so much fun. That's a yeah. it's a big piece of equipment yeah. too. <laughs> That'll be a, oh, buddy, it takes off about half the vehicle. I'll yeah. bet, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, an upright bass just, just sends out so much great sound and, uh, just a great presence for, for music. It's, it's also the kind of thing that you yeah. see a lot with like bluegrass and stuff like that. And I know that that was the kind of stuff that you listened to for a little bit when you were a preacher. Uh, are, do you have any interest That's in right. bluegrass these days? Do you, uh, you know, poke into that or, um, yeah, I, I still, you know, I still pick around. Yeah. Yeah, I pick around with folks a lot. You know, I play. I still play a five string banjo. I got a. I still 
I still enjoy sitting around and playing, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do that professionally or or in, in public. But you know, when I have folks over the house from time to time, we'll pick bluegrass, and you know, I got a lot of buddies. We'll sit around and pick bluegrass from time to time. Not not anything. I'm not going to be coming to the to the acorn and playing banjo though. Don't worry. Well, that's all right. <laughs> we, we like a good banjo. There there wouldn't be a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you um uh? Do, am I correct? Do you have an album coming out? A new album? Yeah, I, I got one. Uh, I got one that's already recorded. Just, uh, I've already got a label. That, going to be putting it out already everything's done except uh we're just trying to wait for the right time when we can actually have vinyl pressed and everything and not wait a year and all that kind of thing. right so, right yeah so that's probably cool. before so the end of the year though it's in the yeah. bag and and kind of ready to go but uh not not you're not yeah. ready for your um album uh tour yet uh, no, I won't be touring that new record until it comes out. Probably toward, you know, probably towards the end of the year, I'll get back. Uh, back on you the know, road. I'll get back on the road and do, you know, yeah. do, do one of these, do one of these long things where I try to get across the country and probably over to Europe and everything. Oh, that'll be great. Are Are you uh, still working with the same um, record label that you started with in 2018? No, no, I won't be working with them anymore. I'll be working with a new one called Baldwin County Public Records. Uh, there's some they've they put out Caleb Cottle's last record and uh, the Great Peacock. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a big Americana act. They've uh, it's actually ran ran by some friends of mine, and uh, so they're going to be putting out my next record. It's called Love in the Dark. Hopefully, hopefully by September, October, something like that. Oh well, we'll definitely look out for that. Do you um, yeah. have uh, uh, any plans to play with? Uh, so it looks like you've got a side project called the Psych Peas. Is that a band you're still? Uh, yes, you uh-huh. guys still play. Is that something that you guys do oh, well, closer to home or? Yeah, I mean we we've played some shows out and about in the past, but. Uh, yeah, that's a little punk rock thing I do where I just kind of scream and roll around on the floor and stuff. <laughs> that's fun. It's yeah. a different way to get you know get it all out. Do you write songs for that group too? Yeah. Yeah, I write all them songs too. I sure do. You know, we got a record that we've made and and that was going to come out in 2020. And we, you know, when we play in Mobile, we always do really well. We sell. We sell a couple hundred tickets usually, and you know we have these big shows, and uh, we're just waiting now for everybody to be. We had a show booked back in February, but uh, my my guitar player got the coronavirus, so we had to cancel it. And then, uh, you know, we're just trying to wait till we can put on another release show, and we're actually going to release that record as well. Oh, you got a lot of big stuff coming up then. Uh, if you, so oh, buddy, things, I, yeah, I got, I, yeah, I've got a bunch of the stuff coming out. <laughs> uh, other than, um, you know, begin starting your, uh, uh, Alabama astronaut art club over COVID, did you get a chance to, you know, record any other songs or, uh, well, you must've done a lot of writing. Um, d- you know, did yeah, you? I did writing. I, I did, I did do some recording, but primarily I spent, the uh, pandemic of 2020 and 2021, uh, a visit in um, churches in, uh, between Alabama and West Virginia, the whole Appalachian Holiness churches where they um, handle serpents and consume poison and stuff like that. And I've been, I've been recording their music and uh, there will be a documentary record album that I've recorded that'll be coming out likely before the end of the year as well. So you're, you know, kind of, you're taking your success and helping other people to be able to uh, find their mission in life, it sounds like. That's... Uh, well, so. yeah, I, think that I, I, start, I, had, I had gone to a, I had, I had visited one of the churches. Uh, I knew one of the preachers back whenever I was living in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, and when the pandemic came, everything got uprooted. I 
took an interest in it and I went and I, then I heard some songs that I thought were really good and they had never, you know, but they're, they're different because, you know, they, they, they talk about certain beliefs that no one else really has. And so I, you know, inquired about them and then that, you know, over the past couple of years, I've, um, I just attended hundreds of services and become, you know, just kind of got in there and started recording their music and trying to uh, trying to help them preserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and let everybody else hear it too because it's really great. It's actually like rock and roll. They play rock and roll music, which most people would probably not believe, but yeah, they play like this really intense uh, rock and roll music that I've that I've recorded. Put it out there. Yeah, yeah, really helping others to be able to to hear that. That's that's a, a yeah. you know a good way of giving back. Well, Abe, you know, it's such yeah. a pleasure to talk with you, and I've had a chance, listeners, I've had a chance to talk with Abe Partridge, who's going to be playing on April 29th at the Acorn Theater. He's also going to be displaying his artwork uh, all weekend long. It's Art Attack. Um, and are you still uh, are you still doing your artwork on? Um, uh, on uh, what what do we call it? Asphalt shingles or not asphalt shingles, but uh, um, tar paper, uh, roof and tar. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I paint on I paint on roof and tar. That's what uh, roofing tar. Yeah, yeah. I put roof and tar. Spread roof and tar out on stuff. You know, pretty much anything that's hard enough, I put roof and tar on it. So I put I put it on there and I let it uh, cure and then I. I carve paint. I, I, I paint it and then I carve stuff into it. So that's oh, what wow. gives my my paintings that certain uh, look, you know. Oh, okay. I'll take a closer look at that. So, yeah. um, uh, do you, do you say the color underneath the roofing tar and then you scrape off the roofing tar, or? Um... Uh, no, I, I put roofing tar down, and you know, roofing tar is is solid black. Yeah. And. Um, well, then after it cures, what I do is I, as I paint uh, layer layers of paint on top of that, and I then I, you. then whenever I carve it, I carve through the paint and back into the roof and tar, and that's what them black lines are. Oh, gotcha. Well, and I'm really paint. looking forward to yeah. uh, seeing your stuff in person and and hearing you in person. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna yeah, man. and drive safely. <laughs> Sounds like you had a little trouble. Uh, with yeah. your present car, and I'm glad everyone was safe from that accident. And um, you know, take it slow. Take it slow getting up here. Although that maybe yeah. that's what the problem I'll, was. I'll do my best. All right, take care, man. Good talking to you. Thank you so much, John. All yeah, right. you too. That was Abe Partridge uh, from Mobile, Alabama. He's coming to the Acorn Theater on April 29th. Check out his uh, visual art. Check out his music. And uh, check them out on Spotify or wherever you get your live music. I'm going to close this out with uh, his um, 2000, uh, geez, 2020 single called Dumb. And you're listening to Johnny Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman, and we're on WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. That's Radio Harbor Country. And here we go, Abe Partridge with dumb I'm not like them but I can pretend the sun is gone but I have a light the day is done but I'm having fun I think I'm dumb or maybe just happy I think I'm just happy I think I'm just happy I think I'm just happy My heart is broke But I have some glue So help me inhale And mend it with you And we'll float around And hang out on clouds And then we'll come down And have a hangover We'll have a hangover We'll have a hangover We'll have a hangover Skin the sun, fall asleep 